Welcome to Concafe for the 19th day of August, year of our Lord 2021. We're looking at the psalm for this coming Sunday, and it's Psalm 34, verses 15 to 22 in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. We're calling this devotional God is close to the brokenhearted for one of the key verses in this passage. But it also deals a lot with the message and the messenger and the sender. And I would pray, dear friend, wherever you may find yourselves in one of those three categories, I pray that your need would be fulfilled in the hope and the joy that we find in God's holy word. So I pray that this be a profitable time for God and for us as God's children, that we might indeed hear God clearly and heed whatever it is that God might share with us. And look beyond me. I am not a perfect person. I am trying to be a simple servant of the Lord God. Hear now then God's word, beginning with verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against evildoers, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears, and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord rescues them from them all. He keeps all their bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil brings death to the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God. And we say thanks be to God. Indeed, thank you, Lord, for this. And bless our time together. Bless this dear listener. And bless this time together. So, Concafe family, welcome Thursday into your lives. <laughs> Some of you are saying, what choice do I have, whether I like it or not? It's Thursday. Yes. And you're alive. Thank God. Praise God. And bless the Lord, dear friend, with all your life. May your words, your thoughts, your actions glorify God. May we also glorify God with our prayers. Worship God through your prayers. Praise God through your prayers. And bless those who have asked prayers from us. You know the names. They're on your prayer list. They're on your heart. They're in your mind. They might be right next to you. And we pray that as we pray, the healings, the calm, the comfort, the peace sought by many be theirs. And that above all, God's will would be done. And may we listen intently to what God may say to us after our prayers and time of worship and study. Amen. Amen. As I was reading this psalm, I thought about the writer. And it came to me to ask the question, who has been the best teacher you've ever known? I've had several. I married a wonderful teacher. I praise God for my wife, Nellie, and for the many years she was a teacher, and for the years she continues to put up with me and instruct me in the right ways. But I also want to know who's been the best teacher you've ever known. 
And I'm talking about a person whose life radiates light and knowledge just by their presence. And as soon as they begin to talk or share, you know you're in the presence of greatness. Of course, this happens when my wife does all of these things. But I asked the question, did you have one of those in high school or college? Did you have one of those in church? And I had many wonderful, incredible Sunday school teachers, too numerous to name, and I thank God for them all. What about in graduate school, if you went to graduate school or medical school or law school or wherever it is that you went? Did a teacher stand out just by his or her standing out? My vote would go to Dean Virgil Matthews. He was the former dean of students at Lon Morris College, a now long-deceased college. It was the only Methodist junior college west of the Mississippi. In my opinion, one of the best places I've ever walked on and, and uh, enjoyed and studied at. And Dean Matthews was my first religious uh, religion teacher in a university setting. It was all academic. But there was more than academics involved. And he was a kind and gentle man, and I still believe he's among us. And so, Dean Matthews, I thank God for you. But his life radiated a deep knowledge. And I might add a personal knowledge of God and God's grace. There was nothing phony about Dean Matthews. <clears throat> His lectures were inspiring, and they were inspired. He loved the subject matter, and he loved who was behind the subject matter. And we could tell that he loved us. He could, he could even love me in spite of our being, and especially for my being, for lack of a better word, rascals or a rascal. Okay, the only rascal in there was me. I meant no disrespect. But I loved to ask him questions. The subject matter was so good, I couldn't help but ask questions. Sometimes it seemed like I was asking petty questions about petty things, but there's no such thing in God's Word. And especially on days we were supposed to examine, that was the best time it was rumored. And shame on me for believing those rumors that if we asked the right question or enough questions, the exam might be delayed. Mind you, our questions were sincere. And I believe in my humble opinion worthy of asking. And sometimes we did indeed receive an extra day or two by asking enough good questions to delay our having to answer exam questions. And in spite of my behavior, Dean Matthews instilled in me a love for all things Bible and religion. It was also my pleasure to be in his presence, even if I had been called in for questionable behaviors. And I came to know that knowing God and loving God and seeking to serve God would and could be an adventure. I'll never forget the night we had a get-together my first night there on the campus, or one of the first nights there on campus, and being part of the pre-ministerial um, student organization or department, whatever it was called, Dean Matthews was the head of that. We had some kind of outdoor uh, gathering. There might have been food involved. I just remember the excitement of being among 30 or so uh, people, mostly young men, that had been called into ministry, and I was excited to see who my co-laborers would be in, in the harvest of God. And I will never forget that Dean Matthew said, fellas or folks, I want you to take a good look around and see who is here. 
He says, there's about 30 of you here. And he said, at best, maybe two or three of you will make it and become ministers of the gospel. And of course, wow, what a thing to hear. <laughs> Among 30 people, you think, well, it can't be me that will fall away or not make it or whatever it's called. We didn't know at the time. We were just <laughs> either incoming freshmen or returning sophomores. And it was pretty close to the mark. I think there might have been four or five that uh, did complete um, the call into being ordained and deployed to serve God in that way. But I knew that the journey and the adventure could be okay <laughs> and wonderful. And it's been all of that and more. But having asked that question, imagine having David, the psalmist, being your professor of faith. Imagine you lived during that time and it fell on you to sit in on one of his lectures or one of his sermons or one of his classes in which he was going to talk about his relationship and his knowledge of God and what God had shared with him to share with you and with me. Now, David was a man who did walk and talk with God. And among the questions we might ask, tell us what it was like to kill Goliath or to go up against the giant and to be victorious when it seemed that all money would have been against you rather than for you. And what was it like to have to escape the constant pursuit by Saul who hated you to the point of wanting you dead and yet he was your father-in-law because you had married his daughter as one of the prizes or rewards for having killed the enemy of Israel. And in spite of David's shortcomings, he still knew the love and grace of God and whose words radiated that love and grace from the one true God. Now, if you were in that audience, you would know that he would be speaking to an audience of both righteous and unrighteous people. And even to those in between being righteous and non-righteous, you can put your hands down now, or even those who had been righteous up until Friday or Saturday night, and then, well, let's just say unrighteous things might have occurred. And then to sit in his class on a Sabbath day, even though you were still squirming from what you may have done the night before, you knew in your heart and in your spirit that you were in the right place. You were in the right place to hear words that both inspired, confirmed, or condemned you. Hear the first verse of this passage. And I'm kind of paraphrasing it. David would have said, God's eyes are on those who love and seek to serve him. And God gives attention to hearing the prayers and cries of those who seek to be right and who seek to be faithful in their walk with him. That opening would have caught my attention as it would yours. <clears throat> Your eyes may have winced. I know mine just did at, at saying it and reading it and hearing it. And they might have winced a little more at the next words where David might have said, and again, I'm 
either directly quoting or paraphrasing, God looks away from those who seem to do more evil than good. I'll say that again. God looks away from those who seem to do more evil than good. You can put your hand down. Even to the point of not wanting to see them or hear them because of how they've lived. This is seen as more of a call and challenge for all to be better or to try harder. Wow. To hear David say that in that paraphrase, that would have brought hope to me and probably to other rascals like me. And for us to hear God is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit is to hear the possibility that, yes, we might still, quote, make it. (laughs) God is in the rescuing business. And God just might rescue me. For God might know me well enough to understand and forgive my behaviors if I would but confess and repent of them. We begin to understand that it is ourselves who bring evil on ourselves, and we can't blame God. God's not to blame. Because it is, after all, dear friends, our decisions and our choices that have led us down the wrong path. And so we need to seek our refuge in God, and we will be free of condemnation. Now, friends, in that group that night, 30 or so people that were there and the ones that had other callings later in life to serve God in different ways, I believe they still did what God wanted them to do. There's no condemnation involved in that at all. There's no shame in in having walked away from that which you knew was truly not for you. And again, I can't speak for everyone. I don't know their hearts, but I know enough of them to know that their hearts are right with God and are still right with God and still in their own way seek to love and serve God in whatever manner they could. And as we hear the words from this professor, Professor David, we're hearing words of hope. So hear this. Our adventure in walking with God continues, dear friend. And it falls on us to seek to be among the righteous and not with the evildoers. Our lives should reflect the desire and the attempts on our part to find God and to follow God away from the pit of despair to the narrow path of life and light. Wherever it is that this finds you or finds me right now it is not yet the end we still can and we still should confess and seek him who can truly save us friends i can think of no better class to have sat in than in a class where god speaks to our hearts and tells us it's going to be okay Whatever it's been that we've suffered, whatever hurts, whatever sorrows we're carrying around, whatever guilt we may have, whatever baggage we are carrying, we need to hear that Professor David knew from experience that God can make our load lighter and God can give us life. Let's pray. So loving Father, My sister, my brother, 
while we have breath and life, let our desires be for you. For we know that we can find in you that which saves us and brings us to life, and that beautiful life that Jesus said John 10.10 is life in abundance. Bless our steps to be a blessing to you and to others. May we also be messengers and ambassadors of hope and peace to those that are still struggling. And it's in Christ Jesus' strong name that we pray. Amen. Dear friend, thank you so much for joining us. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you and be with you as you make your journey through the rest of this week. I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord and seek to bless God. This is your assignment. Seek to bless God with actions that bless others today. Receive my blessings of peace and wholeness. I'm Pastor Adi Valverde. Thank you again for joining us and pass this on. Let others know that we want them to know what we know. More importantly, we want others to know God the way God knows us, that we know God. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Adios.